Would you say that's what you're doing your best at this week? What? Is is your pottery endeavors? Or something else? No, bitch. Moving on. The good What's news. The good news. The good news is that the energy's fucking shifted, Case. I just want you to know. I don't know if did you feel it? Um, Not yet. I didn't. Okay. But all right. It's maybe coming. I didn't notice it. It's coming. Maybe you didn't need a si- maybe you didn't need it as seismic a shift in change in energy as some of us did. I got a lot of people reaching out to me on the um Instagram saying, yeah, crazy. Including our that- friend, uh, Jenna Fisher, who was like, it's the weirdest thing busy yesterday. I was like, it was the darkest I've ever been. And then I woke up this morning and I was like, everything's okay. And oh, that's, wow. I know. And um, that's the good news. The bad news is that apparently they are doing some sort of construction above me. <laughs> well, that I mean, is that bad news or is that just... Par for the course. What it- it's just what it is. It is what it is. Guess where else we're doing construction? In your house. Right. In your house. Right to my right hand. And I have a little bit of a story about it. What? So here's what happened to me. Um, you know, we're trying to do this bathroom and renovation on a budget. I just did a cameo for someone where I was like, here's what's going on with me. Um a bathroom renovation, I'm going to talk about it on the podcast. Has there ever been a worse tease for a podcast to one individual person that they paid for? So shout out to Stephanie, who asked for that cameo for me. She didn't specify the subject matter, so I talked about my bathroom renovation. Well, let me just tell you something. Stephanie just got more than she bargained for with that cameo. I would say she got more than her money is worth. <laughs> because now you've shouted her out on this, the podcast... Yes, and just you know, now I'm shouting her out. Yeah. So that's like, and I'm so, not even on cameo right now. So it's like, <laughs> listen, I'm just saying that was a that, what she got is exactly right. Like she got what she paid for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Maybe more, maybe more than what she paid for. She got more than what she, than what she paid for. We hope we hope you're a satisfied customer, Stephanie. Is what I'm saying, but. I was promising her that I would talk about the bathroom reno on the podcast. And I know, listen, I know I always have like some long story. I'll try to make it quick. We're trying to do this bathroom renovation on a budget because we started off thinking we were just going to swap out the vanity for like a stock vanity that we bought at a big box store, even though we don't love big box stores all the time. Mm -hmm. But... Listen, like the vanity that was there, it wasn't working and it was really, it was, it was haunted. Frankly, it was haunted. So we're just going to pull out the vanity. That was it. Maybe change the flooring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, then we discovered that not only were there like rotting holes in the flooring because the shower had been leaking for probably since the 1980s sure is what we were told by an expert that we then had to cut to the whole thing's like a gut renovation because the toilet was also leaking through the floor sure. the shower was just fully like 
They had just like tiled. I just want everyone to know as a person who has done multiple renovations in multiple cities and on multiple houses, everything that starts out, this is going to be a small, quick, easy fix. No. That is it. First of all, literally doesn't exist. That's like... Right. That's a lie. And if anyone comes into your home and says that to you, run because they're not telling you the truth. What I always am looking for is a contractor who's like, look, it could be, it could be two weeks and uh, $1,500. I don't know what we're going to find when we open up these walls. Exactly. Four months and $25,000. And exactly. Not right now. My goal will be to stay in the budget, but there are things (laughs) that happen. And I need you to, and we will go through it every step of the way. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, this is, it's a bigger issue. Like it's a, it's a bigger issue. Yes. We don't need to always tell people what we think they want to hear. Right. We need to tell people like the reality based on our experiences. (laughs) Yes, I agree. I agree. Because I would have just told you ripping up a floor in a house as old as yours that hasn't been redone in a certain period of time. Like I would tell you, you might find that you have like cloth wiring as happened to me (laughs) once. Yes. Oh, that, yeah. Like knob and tube wiring. Yeah. Like old school, like, and they're like, oh, this is a fire hazard. And also like, you can't have this in your house. Like, oh, for sure. Well, this is our fourth like home renovate, our fourth home that we've owned. And we've renovated every single place. Might be the most challenging one, surprisingly, even though it's not the oldest. Um, But so anyway, we got renovation of the bathroom and we were like, you know what? It's not going to be a luxurious renovation. Like it's going to be a budget renovation, but let's take this opportunity at least to make it a little more usable. Because another thing is the people that owned the house before us, they were very short. And um, so it didn't really bother them that the shower was like very closet-like and low ceiling. And we were like... the you know what's great about this house? It has like vaulted ceilings. So let's bust up through the top of the shower and have a vaulted ceiling in this bathroom. And so then our six foot two sons who mainly use that shower will not feel like they're huddling in a closet because even I've used that shower on occasion and it's it was very claustrophobic and there's no way to expand the size of it. So at least we're like expanding the height. So when we opened that up, it had some rent, one single, it was perfect up there, perfect vaulted ceiling, ready to go, except for one random wire crossing it oh. that we thought was like for the security system. Um, But the guy tested it. The guy that we brought in to help us with like the wallboard and stuff, the stuff that my husband um, isn't experienced doing. And he was like, no, that wire is live as fuck. And of course it was for our doorbell. Why is the doorbell wire going through the top of like the shower? I don't know. But anyway, we had electricians come. They fixed that. They rerouted it. They saved the doorbell. We weren't sure we were going to be able to save the doorbell, but they saved the doorbell. Here is where my story gets crazy. No, oh, Jenny. We had we had ordered all of the materials again from a big box store because that is where they are the most economical. Mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and also where, I'm going to be honest, like where 
it's most definite, like, when it's coming. Like, big box stores tend to, Mm -hmm. with some exceptions, alert you. You can sign up for texts when things are coming. Okay. The vanity came. The toilet came. The base of the shower pan came. Mm -hmm. The shower head came. The shower diverter came. Mm The one thing that we were waiting for, which was going to take the longest, were the shower walls. We ordered, like, panels to surround the shower to keep it—oh, the shower door came. We, But we ordered panels that we weren't going to put up tiles again. We wanted, like, a solid surface that was going to, you know, be waterproof, easy to clean, easy to put up, not the fanciest. But that being said— Still costs twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, still t- I know what twelve hundred. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, still twelve hundred dollars, and they're nicer than they were like in the eighties when I was a kid when we put one up uh, in our little ram shackle cabin that I lived in. But it was going to take the longest, and they were oversized, and so they're coming on a truck. Whatever, whatever. Okay, great. They were supposed to be delivered by July 26th at the latest. So we're sort of planning everything because certain things can't happen until you have certain things and et cetera, et cetera. My husband's doing a majority of the work, but we have people coming in to help out with some things that we're not qualified to to do ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I see, I'm keeping track of the tracking and I see that they're delivered these panels to a shipping facility in Sun Valley, California, on July 24th. And I was like, great. That is 3.7 miles from my home. They're going to get here, no problem. Mm -hmm. Then I'm trying to track again, and it says out for delivery. And then that's it. But because they're oversized, the company's supposed to, like, call and arrange for, like, an appointment, like, a time for me to be home so they can drop this off. Like, Uh that, everybody's had that. It's out for delivery, but I'm like, no one has called me to arrange a time, so I better, I better call. And Uh so I call, not able to get anyone. Call again, not able to get anyone. Finally get a customer service person who's like, oh, okay, yes, um, I see that it's out for delivery, but someone absolutely should have called you to arrange a time for them to be delivered. Uh, so let me give you someone's direct number. I'm also going to message that person. You should hear back ASAP. So that person calls, leaves a message, tells me they weren't able to get a hold of anyone, but I should hear back as soon as they get the message. I call, I leave a message, should hear back as soon as they get the message. I don't hear back. So I send an email and wait. I'm not like, listen, I'm not like a Karen pressing like a, like you need to help me, let me talk to your manager button. I'm waiting like a suitable amount of time. I mean, I do it. I just interjecting for two seconds. I think certain instances, i.e. like, these particular instances, it does not make one a Karen to um, be persistent in trying to uh, get information slash figure out where the fuck the thing that you need and has purchased is because only because it's like if, if your insistence is the thing that pushes you to the top of the importance line... Right. And it's worth it. And you would obviously do it in like a very nice way. Right. 
I'm just saying there's no way you would be a Karen, is all I'm saying. Which I was also trying to be really kind, because when this shit happens, the person answering the phone, it's not their fucking fault, you know? I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think you can be, like, super persistent. Yeah. And, and, like, not annoying, but, like, like consistently like calling back a lot. Yeah. And I was trying to explain, like, I'm not waiting for like a rug delivery where like, if it comes a week late, whatever, I'm trying to coordinate, you know, my schedule and And the schedule of of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah. So anyway, don't get a response back. The weekend goes by. It becomes Monday and I'm like, okay, I'm really going to get on this because like, no joke, we need these panels now. Yes. So, I call the number where I originally was able to speak to a person Mm -hmm. um, because that seemed like the most effective thing at that point. A hundred percent. And I had also tracked it online because they, the voicemail kept encouraging me to track it online and that I'd be able to see up-to-date information about where my shower panels were. I waited on hold for 20 minutes. And I finally did speak to another person. I explained what was going on and that my package was 3.7 miles away at the shipping facility. It hadn't moved since the 24th of July, and it was supposed to be delivered on the 26th. And I was just wondering if we could schedule a delivery. And the person on the other end of the line that time said, oh, ma'am, this shipping company ceased operations yesterday. It closed down. Your items are in a warehouse and we don't know what is going to happen with them. And we will get back to you within the next several days to talk to you about the next steps. And if you'll ever be able to get your package. Excuse me? Yeah. And then I looked up, it's like one of the biggest trucking companies in the United States shut down on Sunday. What? And company. It's called Yellow. And I just, it, Summer, actually, I was talking to Summer, our, the person who does our merch about it over the weekend, because she's like really smart and knowledgeable about shipping. And she was like, oh, shoot, I was just reading an article about how Yellow shut down yesterday. And um, it was a big thing about, you know, they averted a Teamsters strike just recently, remember how that they there was just news about like a shipping strike that was averted, and then just all this information going back and forth. I think like thirty thousand people got laid off. I think that they're gonna file bankruptcy despite having received, I want to say, seven hundred million dollars of PPP loans over the pandemic. I literally can't. I fucking can't. I cannot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Who's coming to Sun Valley with me? (laughs) That's what Summer said. Summer was like, what's the guy's name? She found him on LinkedIn. I'm serious. The guy who... I'm telling you. Here's what I'm saying to you. I'm saying you've got your kids, (laughs) Matt, and we're we're storming the Sun Valley warehouse and we're getting your shit. We write it down. Well, here's the thing. Is it really put it in perspective because I was feeling super bad about not getting my shower panels because I really want my kids to get their shower back. As you can imagine, sharing a shower with uh, two extra adults isn't my vibes at this point in my life. But 
then I was like, well, fuck, at least I didn't get laid off. At least my company didn't go out of business. So anyway, here's the thing. The big box store, which the lady on the phone at the big box store was great. She acted like this was wild, that she was just hearing about this. But this was the number one shipper for the big box store. So I have to imagine I was the thousandth call that she was receiving that day about something that was stuck in a warehouse. Uh, She instantly canceled my order and refunded my $1,200. So that's great. So whatever happens with those panels, Godspeed. The main thing is I had to reorder these fucking panels. So it's going to take another month or something for them to get here. And I'm just like... Can I ask you a question? Is there an is there another way to do it instead of the panels? Can we just... And I know, guys, sorry. I mean, listen, whatever. You're, <laughs> you're, in, it, you're in it this deep. Can we just... Can we just get... Can we just tile it? I don't want to tile it because that's what was so bad about it last time. Like, you, that's why it no, but leaked you, everywhere. No, but if you get a person who can who waterproofs it first, if you get like a good time. Yeah. And there's so many, here's what I will say, guys. And just, these are my experiences, New York renovations, Los Angeles renovations. And no shade to New York, except all shade to New York. Um, There are such incredible crafts people in Los Angeles who I know really good at that specific thing. And I feel like, you could go to Mission Tile and you could, you could probably just cut this out of the podcast. I don't know if this is interesting, <laughs> but you could go to Mission Tile in Pasadena and they yeah. back, um, what's it called? Like backstock or like, um, or like, what did we get for the one bathroom we redid? We got the tile that like somebody had purchased and then they returned it and they didn't, you know, like they didn't yeah. want it or whatever, whatever that is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they have, they have like, you go to their like big place in Pasadena. They'll show you all the stuff that they have. I know. I do. I mean, listen, I've tiled. It wasn't, it's not as expensive as those panels and it looks better. TBH. I know. I know. It does. You're 100% right. My thinking was, I don't want it to leak. So I want like more solid protection against leakage just in case. Also, guys, I love my sons. One of them loves to clean. One of them does not. And I just was thinking like grout, got guys and grout, they're not the best pair, you know, always. And so that was my thinking. But yeah, we may do that. But anyway, I'm just somewhere in- it could be like done and done very quickly. If you do it, yeah. if you just change the plan. Here's what shocks me is how many things are, I'm sure I talked about this. One time we ordered light, like era appropriate light fixtures for my house. Um, and we were able to snag them on an amazing deal because they were like factory seconds. They were like, they're, I think they're made for TV and movies, like they're period pieces. So they're like remakes or whatever. But they painted them and they didn't come out the exact color that the people wanted, but we liked the color. We thought it was kind of cool. And so I ordered them and I was just about to like ship them and the shipping was going to cost as much as like the half off light fixtures. And then I looked just out of curiosity and the place was like two miles from my house. And I was like, can I just go pick them up? 
that is what the the overarching uh, takeaway for me here is how many things are within like 10 miles of where we live right now. It's shocking. So yeah, somewhere in Sun Valley are those panels. I don't know what's going to happen with them. They might be coming to like a home center clearance store near you once they liquidate whatever is in that warehouse. But shout out to all the fucking truckers that are out of work now because of like shit that was beyond your control. That really sucks. I feel like we're just getting over supply chain issue problems. And like now why they went under. I'm not, I'm unclear about whatever. I mean, I, well, according to the Teamsters, they mismanaged their money terribly. And according to the company, the threat of a strike caused them to lose so much business that their financial woes were insurmountable. I don't know about so, that. I don't buy that. I don't know. I don't buy that. People, but people here, here, threat of a looming strike, people, people didn't stop buying shit. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Here's the um, hopeful thing is that, like, I have truckers in my family. Um, I'm sure a lot of people do. My cousins have been in the trucking and shipping business, uh, gosh, since we were kids. Like, it's what they did right out of school, uh, a couple of them. And here's what I know is that you're exactly right. People haven't stopped buying things. Things will never stop being shipped. So I'm hopeful for everybody that found themselves suddenly out of work on a Sunday afternoon uh, that there'll be a job for you somewhere and a better job at a good place that takes care of you and doesn't um, doesn't surprise go out of business on a Sunday. And we'll be fine. The shower... It's all going to work. Uh, yeah, the kids also just got a membership to a gym nearby, so maybe they'll shower there sometimes. <laughs> Listen, that sounds great. <laughs> oh my gosh, but that's what I've been up to. And today is my husband Matt's birthday. Today? And yes, and I've done a really poor job of um, celebrating his birthday, which we can talk about later, but I just want to say happy birthday to him. Happy He's birthday, spending Matt. The day- but also, it's not like a big birthday, like a special specialty one. No, I know. You know what I feel bad about is that like I expected him to fully work on his birthday because that's how he is. He just never takes days off for anything. And he actually took the day off and I didn't know and I scheduled other things. So I feel like this podcast and, you know, so I feel a little bad about that. But he's being a champ. I made him breakfast and he acted like it was delicious, even though I know it wasn't perfect. Why do you think it wasn't perfect? Because he likes um. He likes like sunny side up eggs, and those are like a, a really hard thing for me to accomplish for whatever reason. I don't, I'm not great at it. Uh, and so there was that. And I'm sure we'll do something. Well, we won't because podcast day is an all day thing, but tomorrow we're going to go to lunch tomorrow. Casey, I'm just going to say this, like, and I just want you to just hear it if you can. Yeah. Like, we've said so many fucking times, like, we do this podcast ourselves and like, Blah, 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 blah. And like for this reason, why don't you just ask if Josh can edit tomorrow? We finish recording this. We tell people like, sorry, it was your husband's birthday. You didn't realize he took... Uh, I know. No, Casey, I'm serious. It seems like... <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like if if we subscribe to the belief that we do this a certain way because of the thing, which is that like, 
our lives right. are more important. We can do it. We yeah. can do what we need to do. We were supposed to have a thing yesterday. I couldn't, like an interview yesterday with someone, I couldn't do it because of family stuff. It's a very stressful moment I in know. my household. I know. And, um, and I was like, you know what? I like for a second, I mean, I did feel badly about not about like putting it off and rescheduled jeweling at a later date. But then another part of me was like, this is also why we do it this way. And like one of the right. things and the freedom of doing this podcast in this way. So I'm just saying to you, I'm just offering to you, not that you fucking asked, but I'm just saying to you, <laughs> to me, everyone who loves us and this podcast would be totally fine with it coming out on Thursday so that when we're done recording this talking bit, you can have the rest of your day with your husband for his birthday on his on the day that he took off for his birthday, which you didn't realize he was doing. I know. That's really, you're all, it's 100% right. You're 100% correct, but it's fine. I made a reservation for tomorrow. We're going to a place he wants to go tomorrow to um, uh, Tower Bar. Oh, I like Tower Bar. <laughs> when that's in, what what's the history of that place? Where you know it best because of like your time in LA. What the what's the Tower Hotel? Yeah, Sun, Sunset Tower Hotel. It was the St James Club before. Mm-hmm, Is that correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it got, and then it was like taken over in the mid early mid two thousands by. I can't remember what like the restaurant group is or the the management people that came in and they like re- yeah. it and restored it to its previous glory. And then there was like this very famous Mater D that was there for a really long time. Um, who now is and at he, the San Vicente Bungalow Club. Right, right. Um, he's like, it's such a vibe, that guy. <laughs> I've met that guy. Everyone um, what's his name? It's, um, it was just in my head and I was about it's to a say Greek, it. Is it a Greek name? It's Greek. Yeah, he is Greek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is, oh my gosh. Let me, I don't, I'm, just gonna look it up. I'm blanking on it. Me too. Um, in my head and I was about to say it and then you asked. Anyway, when my husband uh, used to work in television a long time ago, when he first had like trips out to LA, he always stayed at the St. James Club Hotel. So, but he's never been to the restaurant since the restoration. So it's a hot fudge to, Sunday there. Yeah, that's what everybody says. Don't miss the hot fudge Sunday. Um, my favorite thing about that place is one time I went there with Andy Cohen um, and some colleagues at Watch What Happens Live, and Kristen Wig joined our table, which was super fun uh, for me because I love her. I don't know her super well, but um, I've met her a couple times, and she's always delightful. And then my other favorite thing is Dimitri. I didn't even Dimitri. Yes, it didn't even come up. I just remembered it. I just you you just remembered it, Dimitri. Yes, and now my phone was being weird. (laughs) Now he's at the San Vicente bungalows. Yes. Okay. My other favorite thing about the um, Tower Bar Tower. Sunset Tower restaurant is that the hostess that night that I was there, the Kristen Wig night, I told her that I liked her shoes. She had a very fancy, I believe they were Gucci loafers, but they were like high, like high heel loafer. It, does that, is that a thing that exists? I guess. It, they were like moccasin, like mock no, shoes. Uh, no, but I, they were, that's not right. 
That's not how you describe them, but I'm going to send you a picture of the shoes that they are because I know what exactly what you're talking about. Yes, they're like Gucci pumps with like a snaffle and like... Pumps. They're like... Um, I know exactly. I'm going like, to... Like block heel shoes. Anyway, what I, have- I loved... <laughs> what I loved is that I said that I liked them so much and she was like, oh my gosh, do you want to know my secret? And then she pulled back the... Um, she pulled back the curtain on her little hostess station and she had another pair with lower heels that she put on later in the night when her feet got tired. And I was like, damn, the tips must be good here at Sunset Tower. Well, I got a pair of mine on, what's it called? Like the real real or something like that or Poshmark. Oh, 100%. Also, I'm sure that someone from... Someone from Gucci probably regularly regularly dines there and maybe gave her a discount or gifted them to her. Um, well, that's entirely possible. They're like these. Wait, no, not these. Cancel. Not. Gucci is very um, generous with their uh, gifts to people that are like influencers and stuff like that. I've noticed. I always see people or people who are like becoming influencers or like going to Gucci and getting like decked out for something and it's it's good content like I'm these, say. But not exactly yes exactly yeah. exactly yeah anyway I um that's cool I've never had that experience but you know <laughs> <laughs> actually that's not true when I did the um I did that chime for change they have like a nonprofit type thing that they do and I did that it was like it was called Chime for Change. That's their, I don't know, whatever that is. That's like their nonprofit thing. They gave me a suit, guys. <laughs> they gave me a suit once. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. What's going So nice. So nice. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, Gucci's like, not afraid to give away a suit to someone that's going to wear it. I, is I, very impressive. Yeah. I do want to say it was like an oversized man suit. And I like, oh, nice. I love it. Maybe I should break that the fuck out this fall. Do you still have it? I was going to say you should be wearing it. I mean, it's a million degrees, babe. I don't know what you're, I'm not wearing it. No, but I mean, like you've had it for years. You should be wearing it. I just got it. Oh, all right. I just got it like a a year-ish ago or something. Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyway, I look forward to seeing the suit this fall. Oh, the suit's happening. And like maybe even break it up where it is separates as well. I really do want to get into that that vest life. I'm feeling I've been noticing people have been wearing vests. I'm feeling for fall, I'm feeling overalls and I'm feeling vests, guys. I'm feeling those two things. Interesting. Overalls and huge tits don't go together so much in my opinion, but um maybe I'll find some type of strapped pants that work for me. I don't know. Just because you have huge boobs doesn't mean you can't get some pants with like suspenders or whatever. Maybe more suspenders. Nope, nope, nope. nope. I'm going to say no. Busy, if I got some rainbow Mork suspenders and put them on my jeans, you're telling me you wouldn't love it? I would love it. I would love it. (laughs) (laughs) It just has to be appropriate for the situation. But you know, when I was little, I did have like a full Mork cosplay outfit that I didn't... It wasn't for Halloween. It was just for like school. Cosplay before cosplay was cosplay. 
Yeah. It was like, I didn't have Mork's shirt because that would have been really hard to find that like baseball shirt. Uh, You know, like it had different colored sleeves. Like it was like color blocked. But I did have khaki pants, rainbow suspenders with buttons on them. Um, you know, because he put like buttons, like pins. And then I had a Mork and Mindy t-shirt. That was like my best outfit. It's a great outfit. I was, I thought I looked so fucking cool. Yeah. I'm sure I looked insane. I don't think so. And then no, I don't think also, so. did you ever belong to Pioneer Girls? Were you, you were in a Girl oh. Scout or Brownie? Yes, a Pioneer. What are you fucking talking you about? Were? Are you out of your mind? My mother worked <laughs> for the Girl Scouts. Is there anyone more of a fucking troop leader than Barbara Phillips? Come on. Oh, my God. You know what? Okay. Point well taken. I forgot that you were a Girl Scout or Brownie. I was a Pioneer Girl, which was like the religious version of Girl Scouts. Yeah, not for me, but yes. And we made s'mores in one meeting and like chocolate dripped on my Mork and Mindy t-shirt on the decal. And it like took off like half of Mindy's face. And I was <laughs> devastated I because... Like, what was in that chocolate? I don't know. It was like molten... Cho- Why were you feeding molten chocolate, face-melting chocolate to children? I guess that's just... When you have faith in God, you have faith that kids aren't going to fucking burn their tongues out with you, your stupid s'mores. You know what I was just talking about? The other day with my friend Kate, when I went to visit her in New Jersey about, we were talking about how big like spin art and puffy paint was. You were in elementary school and I had a memory that it was so big. There was a spin art place in the mall near the grocery store, like the, the strip mall, not like a mall mall in the strip mall near the grocery store. There was a spin art place that you could do like t-shirts and people would have their birthday parties there and like whatever and sweatshirts and things. And I had this total memory that I like a thing I haven't thought about for a million years that one year for my brownie troop to be fun, my mom (laughs) took our brownie troop to the spin art place and made that our uniform for the year so that like on days where we had our troop meetings, you know, you're supposed to wear your uniform to school. And I yeah. think all like, we were like firmly ensconced in the late, mid, late eighties. And we were like, not into wearing our little brown outfits. And right. my mom was like, spin art t-shirts are the brownie outfit or the Girl Scout uniform <laughs> this year. You just have to wear your sash, guys. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Which, like, honestly, good for Barbara Phillips for rolling with the times. You know what I mean? Maybe Barbara Phillips needs to organize our future camp. Oh, God, Jesus. Don't, don't give her a project. <laughs> you know what's so cute? I was talking to her. She's My parents are in Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh, nice. Um, my parents are in Hawaii. And uh, I was talking with her. And I had just that, this thing had just popped up on my Instagram. The guy that started the like surrogate stand-in parents for LGBTQIA youth whose parents have like either sort of just, you know, disowned them or isn't speaking to them or, you know, whatever. Stepping up. Yeah, I'm a member of that group. Same. Okay, so my mom was like, you know, I was telling her about it. And I was like, I think you should do that. <laughs> My mom goes, you know, busy. it's so interesting. I signed up for it. No one's ever reached out. 
Okay. She's like, well, you know what? That's something I should look into. I should look into do to getting active there. I was like, okay. Yeah, I think you do have to. I think you have to kind of volunteer or whatever. But um, I did see that somebody was having a wedding and they were looking for like parental figures. And I was. It really made me feel good because it was like within driving distance from here, and I thought that I would be free. So I of course volunteered. But I was so happy to see so many people were volunteering and being like, you know, they were kind of like auditioning. Like people were were saying like, here's what's good about me as a stand-in parent, and I thought that was so great. Um, I think that's very sweet. My mom's been a stand-in parent before for walking, walking someone down the aisle. Aw. Bass. Bass. I love bass. <laughs> I don't know who she is, but honey, she looks chic while she's going through the airports. With her base luggage, going to Ibiza. <laughs> she a- loves base. We love base. Oh, we love. Oh my god, you guys! Even if you're not going to Ibiza, even if you're just traveling to South Carolina, with Cleveland, your, with your family, I cannot right. tell you how many times I have Googled chic airport fits. <laughs> Listen. I feel I feel this strongly about most of our sponsors. I'm not going to lie. But like, if you're going to get new luggage, and you should, because you should treat yourself. Base is the only thing I think you should get because they've thought of everything. It was created by an actress, Shay Mitchell. She clearly, clearly right. was like, has been traveling so much as an actor for work that she was like, like me, Googling... Chic airport fits. And was like, I I don't see anything that does, has the functionality of what I need it to do that looks super cute and ages well, that's well-made and affordable. I'm probably not super worried how chic I look in the airport. You always look cute. I'm not kidding. You're (laughs) a person, especially when you're in public, you like to look cute. That's so nice. Well, I, you know what I don't like to look like? I don't like to look like someone whose rolly bag is tipping over, whose carry-on bag is falling off my shoulder, falling into the way of yep. rushing passengers. Yep. And so I don't need any of that. And guess who isn't giving me any of that? Shay Mitchell and base bags. Washable bags for your dirty clothes. Built-in weight indicator. Do you understand the <laughs> game changer of that? For a lady like me, cushioned handles, 360 degree gliding wheels, all the interior pockets of your dreams, multiple sizes and colors. And I've talked about this weekender bag since the beginning of our relationship with them because that was the first piece of base that I got. Yes. I don't know, guys. I just love this luggage so much and I just highly recommend it. Highly (laughs) recommend it. And we're going to help you buy it because right now Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash best. Go to basetravel.com slash best for 15% off your first purchase. That's basetravel.com, B-E-I-S, travel.com slash best. I'm telling you guys, get into the base. I just love the base. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. I have a friend 
who just got a new house. And as we're packing, help, I'm helping pack and like looking through the pots and pans. I'm like, oh boy. Okay. All right. (laughs) Listen, my lady friend. We got to get you out of this chemical nightmare that you're currently in because she hadn't heard about Green Pan yet. I have good news for her because this podcast is sponsored by Green Pan. And you guys have heard us talk about Green Pan. Yeah. There's nothing worse than like having food stick to your cookware, right? Of course. Of course. Which is why like nonstick cookware became... The standard, everybody was like, when it came out, people were like, oh my God, it's revelatory. But then <laughs> but then people were like, oh my God, it contains plastic that's toxic and will never leave your system. Oh. So Green Pan revolutionized home cooking way back in 2007 when they introduced the world to ceramic nonstick cookware, which is the best, the first toxin-free alternative to those nonstick cookwares with coatings. That means the pans are free of PFASs, PFOAs, lead and cadmium. All you need to know is that literally, like I'm going through my friend's cookware and I'm like, these are coated with what's called forever chemicals. But green pan, no. And also my other point to this is that I was like, this is my gift to you for your housewarming. (laughs) Oh, it's such a good gift. And it's reasonable. And also it's so cute. Yes. Because Green Pan does really cute colors, like fun colors. We have like yellow tile and we went with the really cute blue Green Pan. And we have some of the um, like pan racks in the kitchen because like for... space saving, et cetera, but also yeah. just because I was so excited about how cute the green pans Aww. look. They're on display all the time because they look great and they've aged really well because I cook all the time in them. Made scrambled eggs this morning for Cricket and them. And you know nice. what's great about a nonstick scrambled egg? Nothing's wasted. It's like, and I'm Love not scraping it. a pan and cleaning was very easy, especially because we didn't even get so into easy. this on the podcast, but my dishwasher's broken, guys. So... <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> Green pan is like we a lifesaver in more than more than one way. Plus, they have a 60-day return policy. So you've got plenty of time to make sure Green Pan is right for you. So guys, toss those plastic pans and upgrade your cookware with Green Pan. Head to greenpan.us and use our promo code BEST. And you're going to receive 30% off your entire order plus free shipping on orders over $99. That's right. 30% off. So head to greenpan.us and make sure that you use our promo code BEST so that they know we sent you and we get credit. (laughs) 30% off your entire order when you use our code BEST. Guys, that's huge. Huge. We love you and we love Green Pan. Speaking of things that like you remember, you don't remember, whatever. The other night, Mar- oh, so I was here by myself because I came back to do a commercial e-job. 
It's yeah. not like a commercial that'll air on television. It's like a um, internet for a campaign for um, Hunger Action Month, which is September. <laughs> so it'll be right. a few weeks. Anyway, but yeah. I needed to, but I had like a full day of work and yeah. uh, everyone was in South Carolina. So Bertie was going to come back with me, but then was having just like such a good time and decided that she wanted to stay, which I was honestly thought was great. Yeah, that's great. It also would have been super fucking boring for her with me having to work and like, it's not, I'm sure she would not have been a fan. Anyway, so I came back. I loved the people that I worked with. They were so great. It was mostly women, of course. And, uh... And then I went and I saw um, the play Kimberly Akimbo musical, Kimberly Akimbo, which was fun. And then I was just trying to like organize stuff, get stuff ready, like figure out what I need to do for the impending trip to Sweden for boarding school. Right. And then... Mark and the kids got back. Oh, and then I went and I saw... Oh, and I went and saw my friend Kate. Yeah. And I was like having you, like a, I've been having like a rough... It's been rough. Like I've been having like a, a moment of like... I think we all... I think a lot of people have. But also just like... Like kind of like non... Like I couldn't stop crying. Uh-huh. And... Oh, I went and did pottery with Alex Edelman on like on Friday during the day... Oh, cool. Yeah, I saw you made a plate. No, no, no. That was yesterday at my other... Oh, okay. I'm just talking about last week. I'm telling... I'm filling you in on the rest of my week. Okay. Um, And just even like... Even just like hanging out with friends and stuff and like... I'm just like... Like I was just... I felt like on the verge of tears like the whole time. I'm not PMSing. I'm like hormonally not in a place where that's... The vibe, I like to be aware of those things because I think it's good to, if you are and you're like, feel that way, you can point to your hormones and be like, oh, okay, I give myself grace for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also just like the news last week with global warming and the fucking aliens and then like everything, just like... Yeah. Hate, hate crimes and not, I don't know. I was just, it was dark. Like I was just not feeling good about yeah. anything. And, yeah. um, and then I went to New Jersey to see Kate and I picked up <laughs> Hillstone veggie burgers and spinach choked dip. Yes. A Houston's. I don't know what the Hillstone is called in your town. And um, they were so sweet and like packed it up really nicely for me because I'm like, I'm literally going to be traveling for like an hour with this food. So you got to hook it up for me. Um, We have a (laughs) cooler bag. It was so hot too. It was like so oppressively hot in the city. Yes. Um, I drove out to New Jersey and we were like, we really had such a nice day and night together and like, then this huge storm came and like, it was crazy. Like out of nowhere, it was just like storming like crazy. And as soon as it was over, 
we walked to this little park. By, we walked her dog to this little park by her house, which was like a big, it was like good that we were able to do that. Yeah. That she was able to do that. And like, I don't even know what to tell you. All, all of a sudden we were walking back and I was like, oh my God. All of a sudden, like it felt like things were different, like shifting. Yeah. Now, part of me thinks that there was like a pressure system that literally lifted, like because of the the weather did change, you know, after yeah. the storm yeah. through. But it's like, it was like this, it really genuinely felt like all of a sudden... Also, to be honest, like I had been the last few weeks, like really grieving things, like ideas of things that didn't exist, that didn't end up happening. And, And that is like the trickiest thing to grieve. Right. Because it's always idealized, right? And so right. you don't get the like, and then it, you don't get the reality. It's never, it's never right. ac- accurate, but you're just grieving. You can't be, you're, you're grieving an idea. You had this, yes, you had this vision. Correct. And Like, even when we were in South Carolina, like, I was just, I've just been having, it's just felt so dark and sad and weird and hard. And I felt this weird shift. There was such a beautiful sunset. I was like, dude, something is different. Like, all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. But also I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to, not going to hold on too tight to that idea. But so right. I came back to the city and then I woke up the next day and I was like, the fuck? I feel totally different and specific to like the things that I could not, that I felt like in the last, I mean, I can't even tell you how long, so long but had been really like back in the forefront of my brain in the last several yeah. several weeks, month maybe, I felt like totally at peace. And like I had forgiven people I needed to forgive. I had like, I felt okay. And I felt like, And I haven't felt that way, like, uh, yet. (laughs) This is the first time I've, like, genuinely felt like... This is specific to, like, my own interpersonal relationship bullshit that I can't really... That I don't really want to talk about, like, in super detail. Do you know what I mean? But... Of course. But I've just been really struggling for years now. Yeah. And... It felt like I finally was like done. Like, I, not done, but like 
just at, just okay, just at peace with it and like forgiven and it's okay. Like everything is good. Yeah. That's amazing. No, it felt fucking crazy. It feels crazy, but like great. So <laughs> I kind of want to tell this one story, but I don't know. I have to ask Kate if I can, but it's, it was making me laugh so fucking hard. Um, but maybe I'll tell it another time. Okay. All right. Because I have to, I like, you know, I, of course, I want to tell you, but like, but I just feel like I have to ask her before I talk. Of course. We're always respecting people's wishes above all on this podcast. Um, Which brings me to another thing I want to talk about, but there's two, two things. Well, okay. Because I was going to tell you this one story about when Mark and I went out to dinner the other night to like go over what we need to accomplish in the next like 10 days and slash figure out like our plans, like how we're, how it's all going to go, like to the yeah. best of our abilities in this moment. A logistical meeting. We were having, well, we were having like dinner because we wanted to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and also on top of that, we needed to have a logistical a co-parenting meeting to break it all down. Um, and we were waiting for a table at this restaurant we love here in New York. And we saw the girl, like we knew the girls that were getting up from the table. It was outside. It was so beautiful out. This is when they, they all, you know, they had come back from South Carolina, obviously. And the girls got up and they were walking away. And this girl was like, this is going to sound so weird. Like, oh boy, here we go. Uh, yes. She's like, <clears throat> you babysat for me um, when I was really little. And I was like, what? That's crazy. Now, guys, you know your girl was a hustler, always has been. <laughs> I was, I was babysit. I don't know who. I was babysitter's club vibes, passing out that number anywhere I could. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, because you worked with my dad at California Pizza Kitchen. And I was like, wait, what? Now, here's the fucking craziest part is that the day before I had been in New Jersey, we were eating that Houston's veggie burger, reminiscing about Houston's for us is very evocative of our childhood and teen years and even college years. It was like the restaurant that everybody went to to celebrate something with their family. So like every yeah, it was birthday fancy. was so fancy. Every birthday, every like parents anniversary, like every, you know, like we would go to Houston's. Kate, ha- obviously we grew up together. Like she also had that. Um, and her husband, Larry, also had that, like loved Houston's. So we had been talking about Houston's and then Kate was like, oh my God, busy. Her husband's a little like older than us. Like, yeah. By a chunk. Not, I don't, okay. I don't need to blow up his spot, but you know, like <laughs> he's like quite a bit older than us. And, okay. and Kate was like, oh my God, busy. <laughs> Did we ever talk about that when you and I were hostesses at California Pizza Kitchen, Larry used to come in with his first wife and their little kids. And I was like, 
oh my fucking God, how hilarious is that? So we were like 16, 17, 18. Kate was 18. We worked at California Pizza Kitchen, our junior, senior years of high school together. Kate got me the job. And, um, and anyway, so the day before when we were, when I was at Kate's house, we were like laughing hysterically, like reminiscing about CPK, um, about their spinach artichoke dip, and uh, like telling stories about us working there and me saying like, I'm sure when I sat Larry and his and his ex-wife and their kids, I was like, I'm sure I was like, I'll babysit. Like, I'm sure I tried to pitch myself to you guys because apparently right. like went in a lot, you know, like he's like, it was like one of my favorite restaurants and it was close to where we were living at the time. And I was like, I'm sure I thought you were a hot dad and like, you know, all this stuff. But anyway, yeah. So funny. And we were trying to remember the manager's names, like the people that we worked with, right? And yeah. so we remembered one of them and then we like could not remember this other manager and we were talking about him. This is, this girl was his, that's his daughter. <gasps> oh, that's so wild. West Village. Yes. But then I got so mad at Mark about this because, but he was like, I don't know, he like didn't get it. And I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we all were having a misunderstanding. But anyway, she was so nice, this girl. She was like, yeah, it's kind of like my claim to fame, like that you babysat for me. And then I sort of vaguely remembered it, like that he asked me if I could because they had an issue, a babysitter fell out or whatever. And then she was like, yeah, I mean, like the one thing I remember is that you told me this like horrible story that like scarred me for life about a dog being murdered. And I was like, what? Okay, first of all, that does not sound like me at all. It doesn't sound like you, but I don't know. Who knows? Listen, guys, I was doing a lot of drugs in high school. (laughs) Not when I babysat, but I'm just saying like... Residual. Residual, you know. But then I was like, whoa. I was like, wait, what? Like she said a... Like she was like, you told me this like horror, like this scarred me for life, this horror story about like a dog being murdered. And I was like, she's like, yeah. And I was like six, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, that really doesn't sound like me. I was like an amazing babysitter and I've always loved kids. Yeah. And on top of it, I'm like, I hate horror stories, hate horror stories and hate um, like anything where an animal dies. Right. Like, I couldn't even, like, I hated single white female, which everyone in my high school or middle school, like, was obsessed with that movie. And when did that come out? Whenever it came out, everyone in my school was, like, obsessed with that movie. Remember that movie? I Bridget. don't remember it, really. Yeah, I do remember that it exists, but I don't remember the plot. And the other girl. She, like, it's like a girl in Manhattan. She moves. She yes. has a new roommate. They see Who takes over who, her like, personality. Yeah. She's single white female, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, yes. um, there's a she kills the dog and the, the crazy girl like kills the dog in the movie. Spoiler alert, guys! You're not watching it. But <laughs> if you haven't, watched. I like when that happened. I was like, I fucking hate this movie, and I shut it off. But so anyway, so we're like standing there, like kind of chatting, like catching, like talking a little bit, and I was like, yeah, how wild it was. And then she says a thing, and I was like, that's so weird. I'm like, that does not sound like me at all. Like I don't know what it would. Be like, what that, why would I even say that to a little kid? And she's like, well, I mean, also I was a little kid. And I was like, right. I wonder if like, and then I was just like trying to like spitball. I'm like, 
I wonder if like you did something dangerous and I was like trying to like tell you uh like a you know what are those stories called like to warn you like a like a cautionary tale cautionary tale <laughs> and I was like trying to tell you like some cautionary tale about like don't play in the driveway because a dog got run over or I don't know like I'm just trying to right whatever and Mark's like whatever busy it totally sounds like something you would do and I was like First of all, fuck you. Like, absolutely <laughs> not. No. What are you uh, talking about? And like, his point was that I sometimes say, is that I overshare, is that I'm an oversharer, right? Okay. Maybe at age 16 or 17 or whatever, I like wasn't aware developmentally that like a six-year-old couldn't handle a story about a dog getting killed. Okay. I just like said it. Like I, I, it still doesn't sound like me, but also I was so mad that he said that, but then we, I've gotten over it. But isn't that <laughs> weird? That's so weird. Also just throwing out the plausible explanation that when you're six years old or when you're 16 or when you're 26 or 36, you sometimes you just conflate information. That's also what I said. I was like, also, you're a terrible witness to this history because <laughs> you were so little. Like, it could have been old and like her parents were like getting divorced at the time, and like one hundred percent could have been another babysitter. I know. I was like, I'm definitely probably the only babysitter that ended up famous. So maybe she's <laughs> just like ascribed her most memorable babysitter memory. To me, to you. which is a bummer because it doesn't sound great. Yeah. I also like, I was a nanny first. I don't think I was like, I don't know. It just doesn't sound like me, guys. I just figured out that I just had this happen to me this week. Something that I thought was true for years. It, and it's not that big of a deal. I was just thinking about it because Pee Wee Herman passed away, RIP. And I had, um, oh, he was Rubens. so. The best. Paul Rubens the best. I, he meant so much to me as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I snuck and saw his HBO special at my grandmother's house, which was not appropriate for kids. And I just loved it. I was hooked. I loved Pee Wee. I loved Paul Rubens. And he's one of those people that I always kind of hoped that I would get to work with. Pee Wee's Playhouse is where I fell in love with the art of Wayne White. He's one of my favorite artists. Wait, 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 wait. hold on. Just sidebar through yeah. um, Paul Rubin's passing. And again, just gonna, I, I couldn't even, can I tell you, I was so fucking sad yesterday that I couldn't even write. I couldn't poem. handle it. I just yeah. wrote, like, I literally just posted a picture of him, like a more recent picture of him because I like, met him sort of later in life through, well, Courtney Cox and David Arquette were really close with right, him. Right, right, yes. And um, our good friend, uh, Josh um, Myers, did his live stage show of Pee Wee. I saw it, yeah. yeah. And, so, and so I met Paul through that and like, so I met him like later in life. I loved him yes. as a kid and I loved him as Pee Wee and no one made me laugh fucking harder ever, ever, ever. Exactly. I, I never missed an episode. And, um, but like, I loved that picture of him where he's just like a little, like where he is older because he was such an incredible, sweet, loving human who really thought about other people. And yeah. 
talk about like with Sinead O'Connor too, like talk about revisionist history of like a person who was like maligned for a thing and like had an incident sort of like um, colored their like life for a very, for a chunk of time. Right. Because of a, a really insane, like a, a incident, you know, like, yeah. Like yeah. something that if it happened now, it was not the, even it, like an issue, by the way, it wouldn't have unfolded. No. Yeah. Same way. Um, but I just, I just love him so much. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. I love that. Well, I loved him so much. He meant so much to me. So many, so many people were just talking about how he influenced their comedy careers. There's no denying that. Pee-wee's Playhouse was a huge influence on Busy Tonight, on actually. Us. Yeah. On us. It was like... I feel like we've talked about it before. On we have talked about it. Yes, we have <laughs> talked about it. That our goal was to be... <laughs> yeah. Mr. Rogers for Grown Ups meets Pee-wee's Playhouse, like, helmed by Laverne and Shirley. You know, like, that's that that was our whole log line for, for that show. And I think we, we did it and I think we would have done more. And I'm just so happy that he was part of the influence. Anyway, he's one of the people that I always wanted to work with. And I unfortunately never got the chance, but I don't, he didn't really work with so, so many people. Cause he kind of was just like a mad genius. I am. I mean, he worked with Phil Hartman, but what I wanted to say was, and it ties back to like the misremembering of things is that when I was at the Rosie O'Donnell show, I was a researcher and I was like going to become a writer, um, which all happened. And again, this is like memory failing me at exactly how everything laid out. But when I had the idea that I wanted to be a writer and I was really putting myself out there as like someone who could write and I was writing stuff for the show, I begged our production manager to put in a voicemail line for viewers that our receptionist could just transfer like kooky viewers that had opinions or whatever, transfer them to the voicemail line. Don't just like humor them and hang up on them, transfer them to the voicemail line and let me listen to them. So the upshot was we got so many great things for the Rosie O'Donnell show from that voicemail. Um, if anybody remembers the Rosie O'Donnell show, there was this woman, Davina, who called in to say that she knew more about Mary Tyler Moore than Rosie. And this whole huge bit that, like, the New York Times did a huge story on the Mary Tyler War was, like, came from that voicemail line. So that was the upside. The downside was that I was the one, because I had to ask for it, I was the one that had to listen to all the voicemails, like, searching, sifting through to see if there was anything good that would be good for the show. We got a lot of good stuff from it. Besides Davina, the best thing from that voicemail line is that Paul Rubens, when he was going through this time in his life where things weren't great, but I still knew, like, I still loved him no matter what, he called and left messages with, like, ideas for, like, potential guests. And he recommended this little girl from the Valley who was singing at a restaurant with her family. Uh, a mari- her family was a mariachi band, and their singer was this little girl. She was, like, eight years old or something. Mm-hmm. He was like, she's so great. I'll get their information. I'll give it to you. She would be so, so perfect for Rosie and for the show. And so we had this little girl come on the show, and she was great. She was outstanding, amazing, um, can't believe such a big voice 
came from such a little, little tiny body. Uh, But it just, I don't know. It was just amazing to me that at this time in his life, he still wanted to entertain people, even though he wasn't able to do it himself. And he was like, here's a way. I have a good eye for talent. This girl's talented, and she would fit perfectly on this show. I was so honored that he was a fan of The Rosie Show. I was so honored that he just called the regular, like, viewer line instead of trying to, like, make a showbizy showbiz connection. And he just had faith that the message would, like, get to someone And it did. And I was so thankful to him because it was a great segment. But how this ties back to memory is for years, I have tried to check in on that little girl, like look her up and see where she was. And because the Rosie O'Donnell show hasn't been like online because there was so much music in it, it's not possible Mm -hmm. legally. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I had the wrong name for her all of these years. I was never able to find her. And I just had the wrong name. Like, I I knew for a fact that this was this girl's name. And so I was always searching this. It wasn't her name. I had the wrong name the whole time. I had at some point conflated her name with someone else's. And that happened when I was, like, in my 20s, not when I was six. So anyway. So what you're saying is that Mark (laughs) is wrong. And I did not traumatize this girl and that the girl just probably doesn't remember correctly. I'm saying there's a good chance. I think especially like when you want to have a story, sometimes you like cobble together a little, not one, that sounds like when you want to lie about, no, I mean like when you want to tell a cool story about like something notable in your life that happened, sometimes snippets of other things sneak through. My husband and I were just having a conversation about this, like, because he works with a guy who used to work in entertainment. And he says that all the time when he's telling his kids, like his adult kids, and he's like an older guy, he's like my husband's age. When he's telling them stories about stuff that happened back in the day, he starts to question himself, like, did this even happen? Like, was I there? Did I really see this band play at the whiskey? Like, am I telling the truth? Because it's so weird. It's like memory is a funny thing. And I guess you get to a point where you're like very convinced that certain things are true that maybe are conflated between a bunch of different stories. And then I guess you get to a point where you're like not even sure if things are true that you once knew 100% were fact you start to be like, was that even me? I mean, here's what I'll say. And I think that this is a good, I have an amazing memory. I really do. (laughs) I do too. Yeah. I remember things like in part, I think because I wrote so much stuff down when I was younger, like And, you know, people talk about like, oh, well, kids today remember everything so clearly in part because they have all of this documentation of it. You know, like, is memory changing because of the way that we're documenting things? Maybe. Right. I don't know. That's possible. I don't know. I just know that like, I have a really, really, really great memory. And as soon as she told me like, what? I like totally remembered the situation um, that I babysat for this random kid like one time. Yeah. Because the dad was like my manager at CPK and they were in a bind and whatever. It's interesting. Memory is weird. 
Memory is weird. Here's what I'll say about, I've always been told that I have a really amazing memory or like a mind, like a steel trap. Here's what I'll say is interesting about, well, I think you probably do remember things because you write them down because anyone can tell you that listening to a lecture, uh, reading anything, you'll remember some of it. But if you somehow transpose it into notes that you handwrite, not type, but handwrite notes, it just does something to your brain where it's like, it's more in there. I think, you know, if I cannot remember a line, I write it down seven times. Exactly. There you go. I mean, it is like the surest way for me to remember my lines if I'm having, if I ever get stuck. I mean, then I get to a place where I'm like, because I have like a moderately sort of photographic ability. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I just feel like, I do feel like things are shifting minus that's me telling a girl that, about them. But, but anyway, she was nice about it. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> she was, she was, she was. I mean, and she even was like a little bit like, I don't know, maybe you like you, kind of like what you were saying. She's like, I don't know. It's just been my story. I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That's interesting. But, well, maybe there was an atmospheric, like maybe there was a change in a pressure system inside of you. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that is true. <laughs> oh my gosh. I do think weather hugely affects our emotions though as well. Just the same way that I think like being in an airplane does something weird to you, to your emotions. I think that the way that weather is really affects us. I think that's I think that's true. Like more I, deeply than we suspect, maybe. And I also think that moon stuff affects us. And I think it's weird when people are like planetary stuff is bullshit where it's like, I, I know I've said this before. I'm just going to say it one more time and then we'll, we can stop. I'll never say it again. Um, but like the moon literally affects the tides. We are... It moves the ocean. It moves the whole fucking universe around. The universe around. We are whatever, 80% water or whatever we are. What are we? I don't know. Whatever yeah. the amount of water we are is a great deal of fucking water. And my point I, to you is obviously it's going to affect us. Come on. Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's like when people pay so much attention to what they eat mm-hmm. because like you're putting that in your body, but then they rub something onto their skin that they're just like not paying any attention to. Do you remember that? Have you ever read like the history of the Wizard of Oz, how the Tin Man almost died from like the toxic makeup that they were putting on him? Yes, it is totally <laughs> insane. And I'm like... People are still putting shit on themselves where they're like, I don't know what's in this. And I'm like, I mean, okay, but your skin isn't like uh, an armor, you know? I mean, you might want to think about it. Transdermal absorption is, it's a real thing. Did I ever tell the story of how I learned that very hard lesson on this podcast? I don't know yet. But if I'm repeating myself, sorry. Everybody says this podcast is like hanging out with friends, which is so great and uh, such a huge compliment. But I guess friends repeat stories. So if I'm repeating this, fast forward for 10 seconds. When I was a kid, 
And I lived with my grandmother and my parents and then just my grandmother and my mom when my parents split up. My grandmother had a terrible heart condition. She would have a heart attack literally on every fucking holiday. Like, that's where every holiday was, like, in the emergency room because she would, like, get stressed out and have a heart attack. Anyway, at one point, she was prescribed nitroglycerin paste, which was to help with her heart. And the way that you dispensed it is there was a little tear sheet of papers with a ruler on it. And you would, like, squirt cream out of a tube the length of her dosage and then put it, put the patch, like, cream side down on her chest to absorb through her skin. I was a child. My grandmother had bad eyesight. And so she would ask me to dispense the cream for the right amount and then put it on her chest for her because she didn't want to misdose herself. Mm-hmm. Again, reminder, I was a child, a.k.a. stupid, a.k.a. probably shouldn't even be picking up a tube of prescription nitroglycerin paste. And so one time I dispensed the length of the amount of medicine and I went over, I squeezed the tube too hard and I went over. And in my mind, I was just like, I can't put this cream on my grandmother, but I have to get this off. So I just wiped off the extra with my finger and like rubbed it into my hand. And then like a second later, passed the fuck out. What was it? What was the cream? It's nitro nitroglycerin paste and like even that is Is to make your it's to make your blood pressure go down and to like lower your heart rate and so for my grandmother and her frequent heart attacks it was great but for me being like eight it wasn't great for me to rub so that's where I learned of course my grandmother called my uncle who's an emergency medical technician uh and (laughs) Not a doctor, but called my uncle and he rushed over and he was like, oh, yeah, she like passed out because she rubbed that cream into that like lowers your blood pressure and lowers I've your heart rate. I've never heard of this, but that's fascinating. There's a cream that lowers your blood pressure? <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, they also have tablets. She got tablets too, but I guess the, I don't know why she had the cream or whatever. But anyway, that's where I learned that you have to be careful uh, what you put on your skin because it does actually get inside your body. And they were like, don't do that again to me. Instead of being like, maybe we shouldn't let her do this. Like, that's a hard lesson she'll carry with her for life. Uh, When she does this in the future, I'm sure she'll be much more careful. Anyway. You've never told that story because I have never heard of a cream (laughs) that lowers your blood pressure so much. Like, that's fucking wild to me. I don't know if they still use it. Um, that's a good question. Does anybody... Too many people were just like randomly... Have done it. Passing out. Oh my God. (laughs) So stupid. You know what, Casey? This next sponsor just reminded me I need to reactivate my subscription. For oh, when I get back, do. well, for when I get back from um, Sweden, because yes. here's the thing about wild grain, guys. I love having a freezer full of fresh, ready to bake, delicious options from Wild Grain yes. because I love fresh baked bread coming out of the oven. I love, yes. I love the pasta being ready in four minutes for hungry little children. Personally, I love that I can eat all of these items and not have a stomach ache. 
Yes. Which I do with a lot of other items that contain wheat and gluten, but I think maybe it has to do with their wild grain uses a slow fermentation process that is easier on my tummy and on lots of people's tummies, proven to be easier on tummies, Uh, lower in sugar, rich in nutrients and antioxidants. Um, But here's the thing that I love about it. When you sign up at wildgrain.com slash busy, you choose what type of box subscription you want to receive and how often they make it very easy to reschedule or to skip. Like for instance, if you're out of town for most of the summer. Right. Or cancel if you decide that honestly you want stomach aches and, um, <laughs> and, bad, and bad bread and plastic bags. Wild grain that's is not, not saying that. Busy is I'm saying, saying that. that. Like, can't, like the, that's the only reason I would think that you would want to cancel it once you start getting the wild grain <laughs> subscription boxes is like, you're like, you know what? I really like my stomach hurting and um, I like bad, cheap products that aren't delicious. Oh my gosh. I made pasta for the guys the other night and they were so nuts for it. Can I tell you something? It literally tastes like homemade pasta. Mark, you know, really fancies himself a chef, guys. <laughs> and I love I love my baby's daddy in so many ways. But when I tell you that even he tasted that pasta and was like, this tastes like the pasta I make. And I was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, it does. And it took me four minutes. Four minutes. But all of the items cook in like under 25 minutes. Yes. Who Which doesn't want to make croissants in under 25 minutes? You know how we feel about the croissants, guys. You I, remember. I, <laughs> you the remember. croissants are my next husband. In my next life, I'm coming back as one of those croissants. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so weird. Like, I want to be devoured by a lady in Missouri. It'd be it'd be a short but a very short, memorable life. Thought so fulfilling that life <laughs> as a wild grain croissant. Anyway, guys, we love wild grain so much. Also, for every new member, wild grain donates six meals to the Greater Boston Food Bank. So. You know that you're doing a good thing and you're eating great things yourself. It's a it's what we call, it's what it's we win-win. in the biz call a win-win. That's a win-win. <laughs> plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash busy to start your subscription. You heard us. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash busy. That's wildgrain.com slash busy. Or you can use promo code busy at the checkout. Can I tell you how many people I have had conversations with about Nutrafol? Not because Nutrafol is a sponsor of this podcast, because it gets brought up in conversation. Yes. As People love it. A product that is working and that people love. I love it. Yes. Listen, guys, it's no it's no secret that she is now 44 years old. And when I say that I noticed that like my ponytail wasn't as thick as it once was, <laughs> I was like, well, that can happen. Due to many factors. Age. Right. Sure. Sure. Right. Sure. Also, biology, lifestyle. Here's the deal. The hair care products that you use can 
literally, not figuratively, literally make or break your hair health. Color treating, heat styling, overwashing. Guilty. 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 Me too. Too much product usage. Basically, it it clogs your um, scalp's pores. And that is not a good environment for hair growth. So Nutrafol's hair growth supplements, which I have taken for years. Yes. They target the root causes of thinning hair from within, but the scalp care formulas, the Nutrafol's scalp care formulas, which are relatively new, help create a very healthy environment for improved hair quality. So you got to think about all of these things as like, listen, the skin on your face, you treat like, right. that's why when you choose like a face wash or a moisturizer or whatever, you're like, oh, my skin is combination. It's oily. I tend to be dry, blah, 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 blah. Right. That changes over time. Same thing for your scalp, guys. And if you're not caring for your scalp with regularly with the right products, it's out of balance. It's irritated. And then natural hair growth is slowed. So they've come up with this shampoo. They have a scalp mask, scalp essence. They're all gentle and effective. They work to exfoliate, purify, and balance the scalp for improved hair health. Um, Their physician-formulated scalp care products They're clinically shown to balance the scalp and visibly improve hair health and strength in just two weeks, just two weeks with their 100% natural fragrance, zero parabens, which you've heard me say before, but I'm allergic to and so is Cricut and ingredients that are color and extension safe. I don't have extensions, but you know I color this hair. (laughs) Anyway, the supplements are the foundation for healthy hair growth. While the scalp care products create the best environment for your hair to thrive and grow and be strong and beautiful. <laughs> so I want you all to join us. Take the first step toward improved hair and scalp health right now. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our U.S. listeners $10 off your first scalp care order when you go to Nutrafol.com slash scalp and enter promo code BUSY. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash scalp. Enter promo code BUSY. $10 off your first scalp care order. It's available only to U.S. customers for a limited time. That's Nutrafol dot com slash scalp. Promo code BUSY for $10 off your first scalp care order. Um, anyway, I'm so glad that you're feeling better. That makes me happy because you know what? You have like a, you have a real couple weeks coming up. And so I'm glad that you're feeling like fortified to go through it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting how things work, right? Like, You can't know when you're going to get through something until you until you're there. Right. And I think that I obviously know that I've been doing lots of work in many different ways to just 
deal with the enormity of like life, my life specifically, but like life period. Yeah. It's a weird time to be a person. <laughs> like that's just a fact. Yeah. And I feel like I have read enough like inspirational quotes on Instagram or whatever that are like, what a gift that you're here right now in this moment or whatever. You know what I mean? And I try, yeah. I try to like keep that at the forefront of my brain, but it doesn't matter. Like It doesn't matter if you know something that ended a relationship or a job or whatever ended and that it was like ultimately the best thing for you. It doesn't matter if you know that. Like you still have a process of grieving, you know what I mean? Right. Or moving or selling a house or like any, you know, like a bunch of just anything. It's good to be aware. It's good to like know these things as truths. But but the biggest truth of all is like, you don't know until you know. You can't right. and you can't be past something until one day you are. Right. You know, and like, I don't know. And I think you're right because... Boy, tensions have been high in my household, uh, more so than usual. Yeah. So, guys, I gotta tell you, I had done the math. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was gonna be this way. But this perfectly lines up with Birdie's PMS schedule, so that's not ideal. That is not ideal. Not ideal. Woo! Because as we've discussed, our friend has a has a great deal of PMS. Yeah. Anyway. That wouldn't be easy even without hormones entering the No, it's conversation. insane. It's like, um, I don't know. Listen, I don't know if I said this already, but first of all, Mark and I went through the school schedule and it's like, she is a good amount of breaks and right. it will be, I know that it seems sort of more difficult because it's a different country, obviously. Right. Um, and there's an ocean between us, but in some ways I feel like, I don't know. I don't think that that's the biggest deal for whatever reason. I don't know why I feel that way right now. Maybe that'll change. Maybe that will be different, feel different. I mean, Brittany was in Europe, has been in Europe before, and I've been not in Europe. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. I just, there are lots of breaks and like, I feel like in success, I think there's a possibility that the time that we end up spending together will be more valuable time. Right. Than if... Birdie were at home for these next few years. Do you know? Yeah, I, 
I mean, we don't know. Here's what here's what I've been thinking we about. Know. We don't know until we know. You, you don't know until you know. Here's what I've been thinking about is that like, I don't blame you guys. We've talked about how hard it is when you're like separating for a little while for whatever reason. And we've talked about how sometimes the subconscious thing that you do is like get on each other's nerves and push each other's buttons because it feels easier. I think it it feels easier to be apart because you're angry with each other than to just say like, we're apart because it's like a great thing, but it still hurts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's weird to like sully a wonderful thing uh, with this idea that it just, it just hurts, you know? It, it's hard to articulate, I guess. So it's easier to, like, push each other's buttons and to part sort of, like, yeah, I'm fucking glad I'm leaving. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's been a couple of those moments, but honestly, Birdie's been really good in terms of, like, we've been having some really great quality moments, too. She and I together for certainly. And... She's been spending a lot of time with Cricket doing like really sweet things. And oh, great. Good. You know, they're so far apart in age. They're five years apart. And I think that sometimes for them, it's really hard. It's especially for Birdie, like really hard to connect. And she feels yeah. like it's like, it's like so, it's so difficult for her, like not to be jealous of Cricket always because she, thinks that we treat cricket like a baby and we were never like that with her. And I was like, well, no, you just don't remember because right. you were a baby. It was a long time ago. It was long five years time ago. ago. Yeah. And like, anyway, but I think in this moment where she's like, oh shit, like this is, I'm, it's got, like things are going to be different. I think she, it's allowing her a little bit of freedom to like, let go of some of that stuff, you know? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And yeah. you a little bit. Yeah. But also there have been moments where I'm like, oh my God, are we going to make it through? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be so hard. It's It's got to be, you know, I've, I've sent one of my kids away many times. Also like parenting break. I, and I think that this is going to resonate. Mark and I both totally fucking dropped the ball on having anything for Cricket to do the (laughs) August. Like, we literally were so fucking focused on this. Right. Boarding school, getting ready for board, like preparing, da-da-da-da-da-da. We fucking flaked. And the poor kid is just like, that's why Cricket was here (laughs) for like most of the day. But, um... But I got my shit together, guys. And today I talked to one of her friend's moms who also was like, oh my God, I forgot to sign my kid up for a camp next week. And I was like, great. They're in a camp together, like a day camp. Oh, great. And then I'll figure out the end of the month when we come back. But like, yeah, it was just... Well, I mean... You guys understand. You guys get it. You... Listen... I 100% understand, and I say this with love about my own kids, sometimes one kid has so much that it takes up all the fucking thinking space that you have, and then the other kid 
you know, it's just their dynamic. They make themselves smaller. Like, I know for Lincoln, he never wants to be any trouble. And it, like, it still holds to this day. Like, if he's asking for a ride somewhere, if he gets sick, he's, like, apologetic for, like, trying to take up brain space in the family because there just was a time when there was so much going on with Eli that Lincoln like made himself smaller and probably would have been like, oh, don't worry about not having anything for me to do in August. Like, it's fine. It's no big deal. I'll entertain myself or whatever. But um, I'm glad that I'm glad that you found something for for Cricks to do for the month of August. Wait, speaking of, of finding something, do you know what I just fucking found? What? I just found these weird scribbly notes from when we talked to Jamie Voslove. Oh, yes. Medium Jamie Voslove. Yes. But what is this? It says whale. (laughs) She told us that when we saw orcas. We would know. Save the best for last. Busy. I wish I kept better notes, guys. Letter (laughs) F and a baby. The fuck does that mean? Who's what's letter S and a baby? Guys, come on. That's a good question. Farm, rooster, chicken, early bird, early riser, play jokes, wave of heart healing. Okay, okay. Okay. I do remember the thing about an orca. Like when we see something about an orca that will have a better understanding, which you know. What the fuck's happening with the whales? Orcas are, that's happening. I know, there's a lot happening with with orcas and with whales and dolphins and all kinds of things, which I know people are very anxious that it has to do with climate change. And I'm not discounting that anxiousness, but I have also seen like the things with the, with some of the animals beaching stranding themselves like i did read something that they're they're matriarchal and like when the the mother leader of the pod like strands herself everybody follows so it's kind of like a like a cult i guess um and it's really sad because a bunch of animals wind up dying. I don't know if that, and I don't know why uh, the matriarchal figure in that pod stranded herself. That could also have to do with climate change or it could just be, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, Wait, yeah. Is it true it, that's, they formed a heart before they did it? It did look kind of like a heart. Yeah, I saw a photo of it. Yeah. But that's like, okay, here's where I'm kind of like, Okay, yes, it did kind of look like a heart, but like the iconic representation, and by iconic, I don't mean like slay, you know, I mean like like the icon of a heart, like the emoji of a heart, which is not the representation of what a biological heart looks like. Uh-huh. So I'm like, how do these sea creatures know what like Lisa Frank's version of a heart looks like that they're, I mean, like, do they have Lisa Frank trapper keepers down there in the sea? No, I don't know. So that's where I'm kind of like, I mean, is it a coincidence or is it something magical? But I think like, I feel like whales would know what a biological heart looks like, but not a like a Wait, doodle of a how heart. Would they fucking know what a biological heart looks like? Let's because they have them and they've probably seen the 
the innards of other animals before? How would they know what a heart heart looks like? Well, I mean, then we're, I mean, I guess if we're going magical thinking, let's, that's let's true. Heart. Yeah. I can't it's imagine true. that they, I mean, they're not doing heart surgery down in the deeps. <laughs> well, they, but they do eat people or what, not people, but they do eat other creatures, correct? They're not like vegetarians. Some of them. I don't know. I don't, I, I, the science is beyond me, but I did kind of feel like, well, well, is it a coincidence? Is the piece of like whatever they're beaching themselves on, is that like maybe heart shaped? I don't know. Um, And also I have to say like now I'm so distrustful of photos like that because of AI. Because people are always like, look, these two little foxes made themselves into a perfect heart. And then the center is filled with their babies. And then, like, you look and, like, the fox paw has, like, seven extra fox toes or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes I get distrustful, which I hate that because I hate not being able to trust my own two eyes. And I love amazing photographs of things, you know? And, like, I'm not even mad about some of the applications for AI. I think there are some really interesting and probably ethical applications for using AI, but I think we're going in the wrong direction with it. Like, I don't think AI should be replacing creativity and innovation because it can't, because it can't be creative or innovative. AI should be replacing things that are repetitious that we have to do that waste our time when we could be being creative and innovative. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like filling out medical forms. Exactly. Calendars. Filling out calendars. You know? Because like, here's what I'll say. I may have undiagnosed ADD, but calendars really fucking help me a lot. They help me remember things that I need to remember that are important. You know what I'll also say? Being in entertainment, so many fucking people are resistant to putting things in their fucking calendars and their assistants, God bless those kids, don't know how to do it. And I'm just like, you're like the computer kids. You should absolutely know how to click on something and put it in your boss's calendar. Why do you not know how to do this? And so I find myself so often, and like, it's a real dance because I'm like, is this condescending if I say to this person that works for whoever, let's say my lawyer. Me? (laughs) I was going to say, let's say my lawyer and be like, honey, do you know how to put like an appointment in your boss's calendar? Has anyone ever showed you that? Do you need me to show you how to do it? Do you know how to send a Zoom invite link for a meeting that your boss wants to set up? It's really concerning, but those are the things that like we should be using AI for. Because like you don't get any points for knowing how to do that, but you sure do get dinked for not knowing how to do it, you know? Yeah, I do. Anyway, sorry for the rant. I liked it. (laughs) I was into it. Um, Yeah, so we've got one more week here. Wow. And then it's all happening. We're going to go to Sweden. And then I'll be back. 
just, you just got to breathe through it. Now, do you, do you know, you do, you have friends in Sweden, you have adults in Sweden. We have people. We've got some people just, there now. Yeah. That always made me feel better when I was sending yeah. my kids somewhere far away, just to know that I had some boots on the ground we have, in the immediate and they're area. they're boots because it's so fucking cold. <laughs> They've got to wear boots. Yes. Um, no, we do. And we'll see some people while we're there too, to like make further birdie, especially for birdie to make a further connection. And also I'm hopeful the bird will make some friends and then we'll have some friends there that are, you know, have home bases not far. Yeah. So kids come from all over, honestly, all over the world. It's an international boarding school, which is great. And I think that'll be really cool too. And I have friends in London that are like really good friends in London that that is very relatively close to okay. Stockholm. So if, you know, anything were like, you know, like they could get there really quickly-ish. Yeah. And yeah, that's wild. It's wild. I also have a handful of friends in Sweden, backup friends, very responsible grown-ups, artists, all of them. Um, so if you ever need a backup Swede. <laughs> Who doesn't need a backup Swede? <laughs> also, Amy Poehler's brother lives there, you know, I so. I need, to, I need to text Poehler. I'm so, I, so I sent you his, I sent you his phone number, right? I did. No, I'll you, send it to you, you again. Didn't. No, and by the way, you didn't. I'm telling okay. you, you didn't. All right. I promise you didn't. <gasps> what if I did? What happens Let's then? Let's find it. Let's find it. <laughs> Look right now. Look at me. Where you would have texted me, right? I would think so. Um, That's hilarious. Um, I don't know Amy Poehler's brother, by the way. Um, that's weird. I why don't I just text Poehler so that she can put me in touch with him? Because it's weirder if I'm just like, I got your number from my friend Casey, who you don't really know. Um, that is true. That I'm, is you know true. what? I'm just making a note, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna text Poehler. Oh, no. I texted you on May 23rd, Greg Poehler's phone number. But did you say, I don't really know him? <laughs> I think that's probably why you never called him using the phone number, I, if I had to guess. I texted you his phone number and his email that came from a mutual friend who said, you know, Greg Poehler lives in Sweden. And I was like, yes, of course. And Amy Poehler's the best in the world. So, of course, like, her brother is the best. That's why everyone is suggesting reaching out to him, I guess. I know. I should text. Right? I'm going to do that. All all polars are good. APAG. <laughs> um, and Greg Polar, uh, he has TV shows in Sweden. They're great. Wait, did you watch the Swedish Jeff cleaning show? No. I know. I know. Oh, my God. It's so good. I really enjoyed it. And Amy's voiceover is amazing. And, but I really liked it. It was, you know, it's very much like um, a queer eye type show. But it's three Swedish people that are helping people, like, clear out the clutter in their homes. And it's very soothing. But they had killer senses of humor, all of them, and uh, can't recommend it enough. So, anyway, I think we talked about it before on the podcast. Watch it if you haven't watched it yet. Okay, I will. Not just you, but like people in general. So it can like come back another time. I mean, is anything coming back ever again? What's happening? We don't know. 
That's a really good question. I did see something today. Our friend Ashley texted from The Wrap, a headline, Studios intensify efforts to find a path back to strike bargaining table, quote unquote, soon. So like while that's... There's a path, which is just to show the fuck up. Just to go sit at that table. You gotta... Also, like they just... The path, that path that they're mentioning has been there the whole time. The whole time. So my guess is that, you know, summer's coming to a close and like, they're like back to school, back to work. That's what I'm hoping. But that all being said, while it makes me hopeful that they're discovered a path back to the table, that just means sitting down at the table. There's still the work of like bargaining at the table. I don't fucking know how long that's going to take, but it's it, there's been some drama this week because like the Screen Actors Guild has been granting like waivers for certain projects. And I think there's like divisiveness between whether people think things should be allowed and people who are like, no, strike means strike. It means no exceptions to anything. But what I just keep thinking, because I'm not an actor, is I mainly just keep thinking, like, this is getting, you know, this is getting people on the same side to fight, which isn't the best. And we need to, like, stay focused on who the real enemy is. Yeah, I also think, and I just, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion. I haven't really talked to many people about it, but I also think that like, it's not a small thing for um, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of crew members on, that are out of work all across our industry. Yeah. And a little bit to me, I... I'm hopeful that my guild made like very judicious decisions in terms of like the projects that they're approving to film that those projects will even in success, even if they end up selling to a streamer down the line, will honor the requests or what we're asking for in the new contracts, even if those things get sold to to a Netflix or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that's also like the conversation that people are having, which is like, yeah, independent movies, like, of course, they, but their goal mostly is to be picked up by one of those places so that people can right. see it, right? It needs distribution. Right. Um, A24 sort of exists outside of the system. I mean, they still have their distribution, but I don't, they must be willing or able to sign some sort of agreement that the residual, that they agree to the residual asks for streaming, which in that case, then I... Yeah, that's what the waivers are. They're like... But then I think, but then my feeling is like a little bit like, I I understand like a strike is a strike, but there's like, you also don't want every union to turn against other unions. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like you don't- Yeah, of course. Or you don't want people to starve out. Like, you know, like we've been talking about. Like they were saying they wanted to have happen. Right. Right. The producers, not the right. 
Screen Actors Guild or the Writers Guild. Right. I mean, the only bummer to me, I mean, not only bummer, is there's so many bummers, but like so many bummers. One of the bummers of doing of granting um the waivers is that the Writers Guild is not participating in that. And so right. um, like I wish it was like a little bit more of a unified front because I think that it's as someone who is <laughs> who is a writer, who's, who was married to a screenwriter for many, many, many eons still. Um, it's, they're not, the writers won't be allowed on set of those projects and that's a bummer and it doesn't, and it's not, that's not great. Like you, a writer deserves to, and should be on a set. Yeah. There is no. As part of the creative process. Right. Because you just, it's part of the creative process. And it's wild to think that there won't ever be like a line rewrite or something, you know, like obviously. Totally. There will be. Totally. Um, Well, unless something is like totally improv, but I don't even know what that is. Anyway. But you're not supposed to do that, right? I don't know. You're not supposed to improv? I don't know. Anyway, whatever. There is no perfect solution. So we have to just go forward in the most best way and everybody is doing what they think is right. And the real issue is that what the AMPTP thinks is right is actually wrong. And so that's why, that's who we have to remember is who we're trying to like talk some sense to and hopefully not have too much rancor within the ranks. Uh, fucking fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. When are they offering me a deal to sing the theme song for Foria? That's a I mean, really we, good question. Because I'm listen, sure you would- am I am I slightly ripping off another very popular song? Possibly, but here's what <laughs> advertisers do all the time. Like yeah. they always jingle people are constantly like. I know this because best friend Ellie Beebe worked in advertising for so many years. They're always like, we want a song that sounds like get happy, but it's like, we don't have to pay the royalties. You know what I mean? And it's for like, get chickpeas. Come on, get chickpeas. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. You guys, you guys. You the point you, is you listen, would probably accept listen. being paid in Foria product. I would accept being paid in Foria products. <laughs> Because that's how much we love Foria. Here's the other thing I'm going to say. Here's the other thing I'm going to say. Guys, I'm planning on having a lot of sex in the next six months of my life. I'm just going to say, I'm putting it out there. This is my time. This is my time. This is your time. Okay. This is my time. And you know what I want? I want mind-blowing orgasms in ways I've never... I want to hear colors and see sounds. Like, <laughs> And that is what Foria truly delivers... Because products for sex are so frequently made for, marketed to male pleasure and penis, penis pleasure, penis pleasure. And like, even like I remember back in the day when I would have sex for fun, (laughs) (laughs) it's all like this thing will make this blowjob taste good and like even the names, the packaging, the branding, like all of it geared toward male pleasure, right? Right. And then Foria comes around and they're like, listen, guys, you know who we want to focus on? (laughs) We want to focus on the labias. We want to look at the clitoris and the labia 
as a one-two punch. <laughs> but except you don't actually have to punch it. Yeah, no need. And therein lies why the orgasms are so good. The sex oil, the awaken arousal oil, when used in combo. Also, the suppositories are incredible. Foria products are made to help women and people with vulvas fully experience their sexual pleasure, heightened orgasms, more sexual comfort. Guys, I'm telling you, just order the product and just like introduce it into your routine and see what happens. Let's just see what happens. I'm just saying, let's just see what happens. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) You let us know. You let us know. You let us know. You have our permission to try it. We endorse you. We endorse it. We endorse the F out of it. For sure. Start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash best. Or you could just use code best at the checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash best for 20% off your first order. I very much recommend trying the Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil. You're going to thank us. You are going to thank us. We want to hear the stories. Goodbye. Sakara Life. Oh, Sakara. <gasps> Guys, I'm going to say it. Today, there are no skips on these ads. <laughs> there are no, there's not a skip on these ads today. They're all top-notch blue they ribbon. They are all, honestly, my favorite, favorite. And I love the ones that aren't on this week too. But this week, <laughs> I have no notes. There are no skips and I have no notes. <laughs> you guys, I love Sakara. I love it so much. When I get back from Sweden, I'm going to get back into my Sakara for a little bit because I like to reset my bod. I need yeah. to reset myself. Sometimes I go a little crazy, you know? Even sometimes, even when I'm on like an okay eating program, when I go out of town, just like traveling itself throws me out of whack. And I need a hundred percent. Yeah. That's really more to the point because you're just like, I don't know, your system slows down, your body's confused. You're like, where are we? I can't poop anymore. And Sakara's flexible signature nutrition program makes it very easy to plan nourishing, feel good meals around your packed schedule, dinner plans this week. Listen, you can just change it. You're just on breakfasts and lunches and you don't, you don't have the dinners. You can do just dinners. Like for me, I like the options because I do have like a schedule where sometimes I'm like very packed in the week. Like I'm going to see a show this night or I know that I'm not going to be able to have time to cook as much for myself as I'd like to. And another thing that is like very weighing heavily on my mind recently is with all the discussion of global warming, with all the studies that have come out about how much impact not eating animal protein has on the environment. Right. And your carbon footprint. Right. And like, I'm a lady who likes to fly. You know what I mean? (laughs) So like, I do think about that a little bit. And like, I want to eat more plant-rich and organic meals, you know, that taste good. And I don't know how to make that stuff myself. I really don't. 
I just, I love the meals. They're ready to eat. They're delivered to your door. And if you're a person who's like, I don't know where to start. Guess what? Guess what Sakara has now, which I love. What? They have a quiz. They have a quiz. I love a quiz. I love a quiz because then I love the quiz giving me an answer and the answer telling me what it is that I need to do. That <laughs> is the dream. Sakara will recommend the program and products that are ideal for you and your needs and your schedule. And it's fun to take because who doesn't love a quiz? <laughs> and in a few minutes, you're going to know which one of their plant-rich offerings is perfect for you. Also, a fall is like great time. It's almost the fall. We're almost back to school. Is that true? It's true. Some it's people are going insane. back in the next couple of weeks. I know. And I'm just saying, let's all get back on our routine. Yes. Let's all get back into a place where we're feeling like good about everything, including our impact on all the things. Sakara brings expertly designed organic nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. They're science-backed, ready-to-eat meals, deliver results you can see and feel from weight management and eased bloat to boosted energy and clearer skin. And I have to tell you, I will all like actually post photos at, at, a, at a certain point. My skin, when I am doing the Sakara program, literally I'll walk down the street and people will be like, What's your routine? You <laughs> like people will shout at me like <laughs> I want your skincare because it's that good. I'm not kidding. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash best or enter code best at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash best to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash best. So what are you waiting for? Well, tell me, what are you doing your best at this week? This week, well, I said earlier, I haven't done the best on the birthday, but I also just feel like it's been a fucking year. Like Matt told me, it's been a rebuilding year. Oh, I didn't, I started to say, but I didn't say that like the one gift that I got him was so bad. Like it was, I know he had been wanting this leaf blower, but like, he's not like a guy that like wants a leaf blower. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a good gift. That would be like the equivalent of me getting a vacuum cleaner, which depending on the circumstances could be fine. I feel like that would but, be like so great to get a leaf blower. <laughs> You want a leaf blower? But anyway, I got him the leaf blower, which is fine. But I felt like, oh, God, this isn't really like the most thoughtful gift. And then we had to go to the hardware store because we're doing a bunch of shit. And he had a list of like caulk, screws, blah, blah, blah. And then the last item was leaf blower. So I was like, oh, my God, it's just on your like list. Like, a, you know what I mean? Like, I got it for you for a gift and you just put it on like a list. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was like, don't get the leaf blower because I already have it for you at home. And, but I just felt like, ugh. So I feel like I'm really not doing it on the birthday. But as Matt 
said, like, it's a rebuilding year. Like, what? And like you said, it's not a big birthday. It's not like a big, but we do have a big anniversary coming up in October. So I need to what get my what shit. What is it? What is it? It's our 25th anniversary. Oh my our 25th. Queen! Yeah. What are you going to so, do? I don't know because, like, we have Party? stuff. <laughs> Maybe, but it dep- it's, it's in late October. Yeah. So, so, so what do you mean? So what? Late October. There, we might have stuff happening. I don't know. We have to talk about it. Um, wait, you and me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. You could still throw a fucking party. True, Even but like, like more so reason because then you'd have money. <laughs> Maybe, or maybe it won't happen. I just have felt like, you know, here's here's where I'm like, maybe I do have anniversary ADD, might I, not happen. No, like our thing. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. So yeah, I don't either. I feel like everything's been very confusing. And also like, I do think we just, we, we've got to like, we will figure it out. But like, I think the communication is for everyone is just, I feel like everyone is like. Everyone's having a year. A little bit. I think yeah. people are just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Um, yeah. So we have to figure that out. But I'm sure we'll do something. But I do need to get my shit together because I truly have missed every, like, wedding celebration, including, like, the celebration of our actual wedding. Wait, what is what is year 25? Year 25? I don't even know. I it's, didn't even look at it. It's a jubilee. It's a jubilee? It it's is. a diamond jubilee? I think it's a jubilee. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know, but I only know this because... Wait, okay. So guys, here's the thing. I kind of feel like my future might be pottery. Now, the big pot's obviously. 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 I don't even know, though, if I'm like, if I even want to say this because it's a surprise for one of my friends. Yeah. Silver. 25th anniversary is silver. anniversary. All right. It is very exciting. I'll figure out something silvery. But anyway, yeah. So I'm not doing my best at celebrations, but... Luckily, I have very Wait, understanding partner. Wedding anniversary silver jubilee. <laughs> what is it called a jubilee? What is a jubilee? I don't. I mean, I, I think it just means a party. I don't. I think it just means you're jubilant, which is a funny, a special anniversary of an event, especially one celebrating 25 or 50 years of a reign or activity. I like this. I love, I love the people also ask. That is just my favorite thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but under it, there's, um, is a 25th marriage anniversary a silver jubilee? Silver jubilee marks a 25th anniversary. Okay. <laughs> and then the next question is, what do you say for 25 years of marriage? Ready? And here are the answers that pop up when you click down. Best wishes to the strongest couple I know. (laughs) That's what AI gets you. May God bless you and fill your life with more love and happiness. 
a true relationship stands the test of time, exclamation point. Time flies by when you are with someone you love. (laughs) I am so proud to be a part of your journey. How do you use Silver Jubilee in a sentence? (laughs) The college celebrated its Silver Jubilee last year. It does not add any context. At all. At all. There is no context. A Jubilee is a special anniversary or event, especially 25th or 50th. Telling you, guys, we are having a Jubilee celebration for you. Here's the here's the most useful context, which I think it makes sense. What is the biblical meaning of jubilee, which whatever you think of the Bible, but I think it has an important social context. The jubilee year occurring every seventh Sabbath year, thus every 50 years, is an economic, cultural, environmental, and communal reset when the land and people rest and all those who are in slavery are set free to return to their communities. Wow. So that's what I think is probably how the word jubilee, uh, like took hold in in our in our language and in the culture of many people. Okay. And in the in the dictionary, it says jubilee is a year of emancipation and restoration provided by ancient Hebrew law to be kept every 50 years by the emancipation of enslaved Hebrews, restoration of alienated lands to their former owners, and omission of all cultivation of the land. Okay. Well, I mean, I think maybe there are different. Oh, 100, 100%. But I can see, I can see A, how it took hold in the cultures of many people, and B, why you and I don't readily know exactly what it is because it's been a long time since uh, anyone has culturally like adhered to that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people just, I hear it from like car dealerships now. You know what I mean? Rather than, it's interesting. It's a wonderful word, Jubilee. I just thought of it in terms of like the monarchy. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Jubilee is for Queen Elizabeth. Yes. Yes. And it also has to do with Catholicism. So that makes mm -hmm. sense. The Roman Catholic Pope proclaimed every 25 years as a time of special solemnity. So, anyway, interesting. uh, What is this called? Etymology? (laughs) Etymological look. At what yeah. Jubilee means. Yeah, I love but, um, that. I have to get my Jubilee shit together for the 25th coming up in October. Well, here's what I want to say. And I'm just going to hope that my friend... Oh, here, I'll just say it on the podcast. Christine, if you're listening right now, please stop listening. Christine, The podcast don't is listen. over for you. Yeah. Was, Talk to you next week, Christine. We love you. We love you, Christine. <laughs> Okay, so Christine and her boyfriend are celebrating 20 years. Wow. So we were looking up when I was at Kate's, we were FaceTiming. Oh, no, we were FaceTiming the other day, the three of us. Group FaceTimes, guys, I got to tell you. I want to tell you two things that I'm all about right now. Number one, a group FaceTime. Number two, FaceTime in general. Number three, a video text message to people. Okay. Now that's what I should have been doing this whole time. My Instagram story. video text messages instead of Instagram stories, <laughs> just send a vi- yeah like I'm I can send a story 
directly to the person who I want to see it. Wait, can I ask you a question though? A sidebar. Do you enjoy getting those? I do. I always feel weird, and I think it's a testament to like how much togetherness my family has, but I always feel weird because people send me voice texts all the time, and then I have to like go be somewhere private because what if the person said some like crazy shit, you know? And so I never get to those voice texts. I always have like headphones with me. So I always just Oh, I never do. Oh, I never do. Okay. I prefer but 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 this is wild. Wild, not really. I prefer a video to a voice memo text. Okay. All right. Um, that's what I prefer. Like I would rather someone send me a video. Sarah Barella sent me a video yesterday or two days ago. And I just sent her one back. Um, I prefer that over a voice text because voice texts aren't as fun to me. It's really just about okay. It's but anyway. It's about fun. Okay. So we're on the FaceTime. They're celebrating their 20th anniversary. We look up what it is. It's porcelain. And it is not a jubilee. And I'm like, <laughs> porcelain, bitch, have you come to the right place? I just bought a ton of porcelain to to throw with um at my studio, like at my pottery place, you know? Oh, cool. And so then I was like, what are, what am I, what can I make for you guys for your anniversary to celebrate? Blah, 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 blah. And we like couldn't really, she was like looking at porcelain stuff online. And like she couldn't, we couldn't really think of anything. And then when I was with Kate over the weekend, just the two of us, like Christina's our friend who's like the most, like she's an total Anglophile, like always has been obsessed with living in England. She wants to move to London, like not London. She wants to move to England after her kids out of the house, after their kids out of the house. Like they're, she loves like, when she goes on vacation, she's like, I'd love to just like, I want to go to like Brighton. I'm like, what? Who? What? Like, you know, <laughs> she just loves it. Yeah. Then I was like thinking about those weird commemorative plates. You yes. Know? And so. Oh, they're all over Canada. Right. Too. Well, I'm making them a weird commemorative plate for their anniversary out of porcelain. Genius. And I, and also you can do, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's, well, I mean, whatever. There's all kinds of things you can do with ceramics, but you can get, you can make like a photo transfer thing that you can do in like a third or a fourth firing yeah. Because so, I'm going to probably use like gold luster. And so gold luster would be the third firing. So then the photo would be the... F- but anyway, so I'm making them like... And then I was like... Because I looked... Well, by the way, first of all, I looked on Etsy to see if anyone does that. Yeah. And the ones that I saw were like... Too earnest. They were too sincere yes. and not like... Yeah, they weren't not campy. What we're, not what I'm looking Not camp. They weren't camp. I want to camp. <laughs> Guys, I am, I'm making you, I am giving you camp ceramics. <laughs> ceramics that are camp. Pig pots. Also, I made Christine this other pot that is so fucking good because she loves crabs. The animal. Oh, yeah. Like the animal, not the food. Or the... Estate. 
we, do, we, do people call <laughs> The parasite? Yeah, the parasite. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so I made her like a like a pig pot, except it's a crab. And it's, oh, you. it's being, guys, fingers crossed, being bisque fired this week. Woo, let's, let's pray. Anyway. Wow. And I saw that your pig pot for the WGA garage sale is up to $525. I think it's over, isn't it? I don't know. Because I was going to bid on it and then I was like, oh, $525 is too rich for my blood. Wait, let me look at the link. How would I even get it? Wait, did the charity buzz, is the cocktails with me in New York City still up? I don't know. Maybe. The link's not in my... No, the closing... Okay, so the pig pot, handmade by Busy Phillips. Uh The closing time is Sunday at 7 p.m. PDT. August 6th, 2023. It's going it's going for 525 now. But if you can afford it and you want to make a contribution to the W garage sale strike auction, if you can outbid $525, maybe the pig pot could be yours. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's that's a lot of money for a little pig pot. It was, it was. It's, by the way, it's a midsize. It's a midsize. It's not the smallest I've made. It's a midsize. But here's what I right. know from you guys. What, what do you think the ballpark range for a pig pot in a store would be? One of my pig pots. Oh, that's a good question. Me. I mean, it's not, it's not, we're not mass producing. I'm not like uh, slip casting this shit and I'm putting out a bunch of the same. It's a, it's a one of a kind. Sucking right. pig. Can I ask a question, two mm-hmm. questions mm-hmm. that are, how long does it take you to make a pig pot? I mean, like man hours oh, for you. It's a, well, I could time it. I mean, there's the throwing of the pot, the throwing, the trimming, the like fucking pot business. And then the hand building stuff is more, that's probably like each pigo. It's probably like an hour and a half-ish, I would say, for that okay. process, for the hand building the pig onto the yeah. wings are more intense. Right. So like an hour and a half-ish for the that pe- that part of it. Throwing the pots. Throwing pots can be anywhere from like, I don't know, 10 to 40 minutes, like depending. Right, right. Depending on what's going on or how hard it is that day or what, because like, like wedging the clay and all that shit, which I hate. I hate right, wedging clay. right, um, right. And then there's the glazing and then there's bisque firing. There's underglazing, bisque firing, and then glazing. And I would say, okay, so I'm going to give you all in. I'm going to say rough est. Four and a half, five hours. Okay. All right. Maybe. I don't have a lot to relate it to, mm-hmm. but here's what I'll tell you. Remember, obviously, I was obsessed with the Malm mid-century fireplace and a bunch of our listeners banded together and bought one and sent one to me as a gift, mm-hmm. a real life one. But in the meantime, a lot of people, when I was like on my quest for finding that 
amazing fireplace that you all found for me. A lot of people sent me this this woman, Kate Schrader Ceramics. She makes mini Malm, like, incense burner. Like, it's made to look like the fireplaces. Mm -hmm. And she... She charges $165 for her mini Malm fireplaces, and they always, always sell out. They always sell out. And so I don't know. Those aren't like, I think she's kind of making the same little fireplace every time, but I think she's also making it by hand every time. So I don't know how that compares, but it's $165. I do also know that other people are kind of ripping off her idea, and they're they sell theirs on Etsy and like a knockoff is $68 on Etsy. But if I was gonna buy one, I would buy the original Kate Schrader ceramics. If I was gonna buy one, I'd buy the original from her and it costs $165 and you like have to get, or sometimes like $150 I see for a a pre-order on one, but you have to like get on a waiting list and pre-order it and they always sell out and they're so fucking adorable. So cute. Oh, yes, yes. I've seen these before. Yeah. You know what I can so, do for you? <laughs> Listen, I'm not, try- well, I would- I'm not trying to bite her style. I'm just saying I wouldn't sell it. I just would make it for you. <laughs> but, um, but maybe that can help you like consider what the market would bear. Hers are tiny? Yeah, those are very tiny, those things. I don't know. I'm looking at it. The little inches. It's like there's one, it's like an incense thing, right? There's one sitting next to a cup of coffee. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess you have to take into consideration the hours, the size, the artistic input that you had into Mm -hmm. it, and, Mm -hmm. you know, the cost of materials, yeah, I love her stuff. Her stuff is so cool. I I don't follow her, but I've like seen it before and I really love it. Yeah, she she makes great stuff and she has great ideas and it's 100% like my aesthetic. She makes jewelry, like ceramic jewelry, yeah, which I'm very that, yeah. I'm very curious about that, um but I don't wear complicated jewelry, so I'm out on that, but everything else she makes, woo. I know, love it. So cute. I think that she's I think she does. I think she's. It's mostly hand built, though, right? I don't think she's. Throw, I, she's not throwing these guys. They're. I don't think so. I wouldn't think like so. But hand-built. I. I love hand building stuff. Maybe that's what I need to get back into. You know what you definitely need to do is you need to watch the Great Pottery Throwdown. I know. Put cancel. Put Swedish Death Cleaning after the Great Pottery Throwdown, but watch the Great Pottery wow. Throwdown. Listen, girl. Because you. You truly will love it. You truly will love it. It's your people. I know. Would you say that's what you're doing your best at this week? What? Is is your pottery endeavors? Or something else? No, bitch. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, no, like, honest to fucking God, I think I am doing my best and have done my best at allowing myself to, like, feel the things that I have felt in the way that I have felt them 
which at times has been so uncomfortable, I can barely stand slash feel like I will ever move forward. And I have like returned again and again to the inalienable truth that no feeling is final and that I can't know what the future will bring, but that I am always supported by the universe and that the thing that is meant to be and meant to happen and meant for me is going to be the thing that ends up happening. And like I'd said earlier, like having that knowledge and feeling that knowledge are two different things. And so I've returned again and again to those ideas and I have not felt them. Even in my best moments, I've been lying until literally this weekend. And it's like a pressure system moved through the East Coast where I am. It really also felt like a pressure system finally moved through me and like released me from its grips. And, and I just feel like very grateful that I was patient-ish, was patient enough. I knew like in order to just continue and like, I don't know, it's been fucking rough. And like, I feel aware I've been in therapy for my entire life, guys. And I've had really good therapists. Definitely aware that like healing isn't a straight line. There are my setbacks. I'm going to probably feel like shit in two months or a week or whatever. Something's going to happen. And fine. But I really can't even tell you. Like it feels like such a seismic shift. It almost feels like I took a pill or something. Like it like is crazy. That's all. That's all. That's it. Well, whatever it is, I mean, I'm I'm just happy for you. I'm happy for you in this moment. And uh, you know, all things considered, with everything that's going on, like in our lives, in our careers, to like to feel good and feel like you can manage it is is a huge deal. So I'm and I'm kind of glad that it happened like suddenly and magically because if it was gradual, you might not notice it, but I feel like you're really noticing it because it kind of just was like a moment, like a, a switch flipped. Anyway, I think that's great. It almost felt like a spell was broken. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I know. It was if interesting. If you were a Carrie... If you were Carrie Bradshaw, you'd say, and just like that. And just like that. <laughs> the spell, the spell was broken. Was broken. <laughs> Tell me what you're doing your best at this week. Well, I guess I'm just doing my best at, like, you know, I'm just trying to make shit work. I'm trying to make shit work, like, for this podcast. I'm trying to make shit work for, like, friends that need it. Like, an actor friend 
was going out of town. And if you needed any evidence to how much actors need to be on strike, um, this person doesn't live in a place where there's room to park more than one car. And so their car is traditionally parked on the street. And last time they had to go out of town for something, their car was towed. So they were like, hey, I heard your driveway is big on the bigger side because uh, I live in the Valley and everybody, you know, I think generational families live in houses in the Valley maybe, so they make space mm-hmm. for cars here. So their car is in my driveway and I was just trying to like work that out and that required Eli to like move his truck that he's working on out of... So just all this stuff, like it's boring logistical stuff. So maybe like... Who knows? Like, maybe I underwent some shift and I didn't even notice it because I was, like, so busy with all the little details. Um, And then just out of that time, like, I carved out a couple of times to, like, go swimming in my little swim spa. And, like, it's so much better now, but we got a cover, like, that I can move. It's so dumb but to talk about shit like this, but it's also so important which is, like, if there's, like, an obstacle to you doing something mm-hmm. that you think, like, this would make a difference in my life. It would make a difference mm-hmm. in how I felt about myself or physically. Oh, my God. And there's an yeah. obstacle yeah. to yes. it, like, say, a cover that you can't move yourself and you have to wait until someone's there to help you with it. Then look for another solution. And, because, like, why do you... Why are you hemming yourself into not being able to do a thing that you think that you would really enjoy? So anyway, we got this cover that I'm able to move myself. And so now I can just do that without like hurting myself or whatever. And so I have done that. And so I'm proud of that because, you know, the danger with removing an obstacle from something that you claim is the obstacle Mm -hmm. to what you want to do is that you still don't do the thing, even though it's ideal circumstances. Right. You know, and there have been a million times where I've said, if I just had this, if I just didn't have to do this, if I just, and then that thing comes true, whether like by chance or like by my own effort making that happen. And then I still don't do the thing. Then I have to like get real with myself about what's stopping me from doing the thing that I claimed that I was dying to do if only this XYZ wasn't holding me back. So in this case, I said the cover was holding me back. We put a different cover on there that I can manage myself and I have been out there and swimming and stuff like that. And which is a good thing because lymphatic fluid, you know, (laughs) we've talked about it on the podcast. I think that being in water is good for moving my lymph juices around and out of my body. So so that's a good thing. And it really like tires me out and... You know, it's just, it's good exercise. It's like in a good way. Everything about it is a good thing. And it was this thing that I really, really wanted. And then I wasn't using it as much as I wanted to. And I felt guilty about that. And which is stupid. Like, but also everybody feels guilty about shit like that. You know what I mean? Like everybody feels guilty about. I know. And that's like, we should, we got to stop feeling guilty about shit like that. I do have to. Yeah. That is like. I totally agree with you. And also I'm like, yeah, and we got to be done with that. Cause like, I don't know, again, a little bit. It's like, you'll get to it when you get to it. When the the thing inspires you to order the cover that you can remove, you know what I mean? I don't know. Or maybe like that, those feelings are the things that make it possible for you to then ultimately like order the fucking cover that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like doesn't feel bad ever. 
I don't right. know. Right. <laughs> Shout out to my husband for being like, yeah, we should definitely do that. And like the company that made the cover was so great and so helpful. And um, yeah, so anyway, j- just that, just like little logistical things, like trying to, the one thing that's hard about having a life like this, but I, I actually feel so lucky during this strike is like, I've kind of, like the way that everybody's trying to make everything work now is like how I've been trying to make everything work for like a longer time. So I'm a little more experienced about it. But the one thing is just like trying to make everything work, all the little pieces of traffic and like things that you have to remember to do is a lot. Like it's it's very different than just having a job where you go into an office or go into a studio and like that's what everyone's focused on. You know, it, it's it's very different and um and it's challenging in a way uh in a lot of good ways, I'm sure, but in a lot of ways that I'm just like, "Ugh, like it's not my favorite, but it's, you know, you don't get to choose the way that you're challenged always. And I'm sure it's good for me in a lot of ways to try to figure everything out. Um, I'm sure there's a lesson in it. Yeah, that you have ADD. I'm sure uh, that probably is the lesson, but Lord knows I'm not going to, I'm not going to even try to get it during the shortage What's happening? Are you, is there any update? Were you able to get? No, no, I don't know. I did, I did see that the, um, the patent on Vivance is ending, I think at, in, at the end of this month. I don't know. Someone correct me. Eli actually told me about this because he's on top of the shortage because he takes it as well. And, uh, I know that the patent is ending and then other makers are going to be able to make it. So hopefully that will, you know, all the problems that we talked about in the past, notwithstanding and why that never should have happened in the first place. Hopefully there's about to be a shift in the way that that medication is, uh, is made and distributed so that people who need it can fucking get it without, I mean, can you think of like a worse situation to tell a bunch of people with ADD that they have to like do all this shit to try to get their medicine that they need to help. I mean that's why I'm like I can't I, I it's a cosmic joke it is truly a fucking cosmic joke beyond <laughs> it's like ludicrous in fact yeah yeah but here we are <laughs> well hopefully soon um it'll I'm sure you've gone through your 10 pills that you got back in New York not or you have like no, 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 not two yet. more days two more days yeah, or something <laughs> oh my god well I'm glad I got you today <laughs> I know All right, guys. Well, listen, I hope that you maybe if you felt the shift, I'm curious. Let us know. Let us yeah, let us know what's happening. Also feel. And um we'll talk to you soon. In the meantime, check us out on Substack. Follow us on Instagram. We never do this, but apparently you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to like remind people everything they're supposed to do mm-hmm. every week. Great. Subscribe to this podcast and set it up to automatically download. Go into an Apple store and subscribe to the podcast on every phone on display there and set it to download. Um, that's not something you're supposed to do. I'm just throwing that creative idea in uh, myself and um yeah and we'll we'll talk to you very soon very soon 
<laughs> we love you guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.